0: not exactly sure about the uh, title, Normalizing the Supernatural. Is that what it was? Something like that? Um, Well, the fact is that, you know, with God, there is no such thing as supernatural. It's all natural with Him. Right? We're the ones that have the issue with the supernatural. So, in reality we all need to learn to neutralize the supernatural so that it's no longer supernatural but it's natural that we become naturally supernatural. And that's God's design for every one of us. I did have an experience a, a few years ago in Brazil uh, where God took me up into his presence, he opened my eyes uh, to see ministry of angels. I've had a lot of major experiences with the Lord. Do you know what? You can too. It's not just for any one individual. It's not just for a select few. It's for the body of Christ. It's for every one of you to experience the things of the Spirit of God. That's what it's all about. And uh, so th- that's what I want to focus on this morning. You know, God's called us to do the works of Jesus. Was The works of Jesus, in our terms, would be considered supernatural. But it wasn't to him. It was just His lifestyle. And God is calling the church today to develop a lifestyle like Jesus so that we're doing His works. We're doing the stuff Jesus did just because of who we are. Okay? So, um, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And... uh, Excuse me. You know, I, I'm, really, I'm really excited about what God's doing here in this church because I know that what you're doing, these outreaches, the Friday thing, and uh, developing more of the, uh, the healing schools, the sozo, the uh, healing rooms, uh, God loves that. God loves that. And, and I would encourage every one of you to get involved in some way in, in doing what God's called you to do because that's what we're going to talk about today. In uh, Matthew chapter 4. Now I'm going to go over a lot of scripture this morning. So write it down or look it up with me as we go. And uh, then you'll be able to refer back to them later. In uh, Matthew chapter 4 beginning in verse 23. Jesus is going throughout all Galilee. And teaching in their synagogues. And proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Now, Jesus went teaching and proclaiming. He was talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? Some people think the gospel is church doctrine. Some people think the gospel is religion. It's not. What is the gospel? It's good news. What is the good news? The good news is sozo, it's salvation. It's healing, it's deliverance. It's a complete package deal that's available for every one of us. So Jesus went about talking about the gospel of the kingdom. Now what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom of God today? The kingdom is the reign and rule of Jesus Christ in the earth today. Right here, right now. And we get to participate in that. So he was proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God But he wasn't just talking about it he talked about it but then he said and healing some diseases and some sickness huh wait what does it say here no that doesn't mean does that really mean all does that mean the condition that you've got does that mean the the terminal conditions does that mean cancer does that mean deafness? Yes. Blindness? Yes. We already heard the testimony of blindness. Yes. All means all. Amen. Every kind of sickness. And it, that means that there's no kind of sickness or disease known to man that God can't heal. Right. right? And the, verse 24. And the news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed some of them. No. What does it say? He healed them. They brought him all to him and he healed them. Every one of them. Now, I don't know about you, but I like that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> In verse uh, 35. Now, you know, we're looking... Five chapters later. What does it say? Matthew chapter ten or verse nine I mean, uh, chapter nine, verse thirty five, Jesus is going through all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Said exactly the same thing in five chapters. Now, why did he say the same thing in five chapters? Because it's important. We need to take note. This is the real deal. This is the heart of God. This is what he's all about. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 36. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers... Into the harvest, into the marketplace, wherever you are, 24 7 doing the works of Jesus. There's a great need out there. Jesus was limited to one place at one time, right? Well, guess what? Look at all of us. We're not limited, to, well, I mean, individually we're limited to one place at one time, but look how scattered out we are. We're all over the place. And what are we supposed to be doing? Exactly what Jesus did. Now let's look at chapter 10. Verse 1. Jesus summoned the twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal most diseases Huh? Most diseases and most sick well, all diseases except the difficult ones. Is that what it says? Every kind of disease and every kind of... Se- Wait a minute. That sounds like what Jesus did. He sent 12 to go do exactly the same thing that he did. Verse 7 And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, talk about the kingdom of God. Now that's what Jesus did. He proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom, right? So he told the twelve, he said, hey, you go talk about the kingdom. But he said, don't just talk about the kingdom. Demonstrate the kingdom. Verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. God has given to us that same authority, the power to do the works of Jesus. To heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Now, you can't do that hiding in a closet. You don't do that just in church. You are the church. And the church is wherever you are, right? Right? That's on the streets, that's anywhere. So we got, we got two things we're supposed to do. One is talk about it. And we're good at doing that. But then we're supposed to back up the talk by doing it. We tell people and then we demonstrate it. You say, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. God says you can. And before this morning is over, we're going to challenge you. I'm going to pray for every one of you in impartation to release you, to commission you to go and do exactly what God said to do look over in Luke chapter 9 <clears throat> Luke chapter 9 verse 1 and 2 he called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over some demons no how many demons Did, what about the demons that are hassling you What about the demons that are hassling your friends or your family? Do you have authority over those too? Yes. Over all demons to heal disease. And he sent them out to do what? Proclaim the kingdom of God and to do what? Perform the healing. Not only speaking the words, but doing the works. Okay? Uh, Verse 6, departing, they began going out throughout the villages... Preaching the gospel, they talked about it, and healing everywhere. 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 Where is everywhere? It's everywhere. Right? Okay. You say, Well, yeah, but you know, that was the that was the twelve. Well, let's look in Luke chapter ten. Verse one. After this the Lord appointed seventy others. And he sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Well, now, that's what he said earlier when he sent out the twelve. But now he's sending out seventy. Verse 9, heal those in it who are sick. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come up near you. Again, it's not only talking about it, but it's demonstrating it. It's doing the works of Jesus. You got it? Well, yeah, but what if I do, what if I, what if I try this and it doesn't work? What if I try it and, and, and people don't like me? What if people reject me because I tell them about Jesus? What if people reject me because I offer to pray for them? What if they don't like that? What am I I going to do then? I can't handle that rejection. Well, do you know what what Jesus said in verse 16? Speaking to the 70, he said, The ones who listen to you listens to me. You know why? Because they were speaking the anointed word of God, and God will put his anointed word in your mouth as you speak. So, he said, when they're listening to you, he said, they're not listening to you, they're listening to me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. In other words, he's saying, hey, it's not personal rejection. They're not rejecting you personally, they're rejecting me. They're rejecting what you represent. Okay? They're not rejecting you personally. So don't take it personal. And he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. You see, their responsibility was to go and say and do and leave the results up to the Lord. Did you know that the Bible says that the righteous might be persecuted? Well, They will be. They will be. You know, not everybody's going to accept the message. But it's okay. You just keep praying for them and you keep pressing on. You don't stop. You just keep talking about it everywhere you go. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4. You know, for, for years I struggled with, uh, with what I was called to do as a pastor. And, uh, and it wasn't until I really grasped the truth of Ephesians 4 the things begin to change. You know, as a pastor I thought I was supposed to do everything. I was supposed to be the spiritual giant. I was supposed to stay elevated above everybody else and I didn't want anybody else to get as spiritual as me. I wanted to make sure they stayed in their place and I wanted to do stuff that made me look good. And I wanted to stay on top of the pile. I wanted to be the one that, that prayed for everybody. I wanted to get all the glory. And God said, Hey, that's not my plan. That's not how the that's not that's not how this thing works. So, I I found Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for what purpose? To do their own thing. No, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the service to the building up of the body of Christ. I realized this is a job description for the apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. The purpose of those five offices is to equip the believer to do the work of the ministry. Not me do all the work. Not me be the big shot. Not set myself up on some pedestal above everybody else. My job is to come under everybody else and raise them up to do what God has called them to do. And that's when I find success. When I'm successful is when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and that is building you up To do what God's called you to do. Down in verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head. Even Christ. From whom the whole body. Being fitted and held together. By that which every joint supplies. According to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love you are a vital part of the body of christ and it is absolutely necessary that every one of you find that place that god is calling you and that you begin to function in that place wherever you are there is no such thing as an insignificant member of the body of christ Every one of you are vitally important to what God wants to do. The problem is, oftentimes, we find people that are vying for somebody else's position. Or they want to do something because it's going to make them look good. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, we have people doing stuff that they're not called to do. And when they're, when they're taking somebody else's place, that other person doesn't get to do what God's called them to do. The important part of this whole thing is that as you find your place and you do what God has called you to do, every joint supplying, the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body. That's what causes the growth of the body. When every one of us are doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, what if... Uh, uh, what if, my, what if my thumb, you know, was attached to my ear? That would look pretty stupid, wouldn't it? Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work very well. My hand wouldn't work very good, would it? Because it's out of place. So we all got to be in the God-given place for each one of us because God wants to use you to do His works. The common, ordinary believer... And that's what we all are. There's no superstars in God's kingdom. He's the superstar. Okay? Now, uh, in uh, John chapter 10, John chapter 10, I told you there's a lot of scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 37. Jesus said, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. Can we say the same thing? What did Jesus say? Jesus saying, hey, you know, if I'm just out here talking about all this stuff, and I'm not doing it, don't believe me. But when we talk about it and we do it, guess what? People believe it. And God will back it up. When you step out of the boat and you take a risk and in whatever way you pray for somebody, you just reach out and touch somebody. You're just sensitive to the Spirit of God. God begins to move through you. God begins to stir up inside of you a hunger for uh, for what He's calling you to do. And as you do that and as you begin to talk about it, then you begin to demonstrate it, you know, you get what you talk about. And it's true in the kingdom of God. When you tell people that Jesus loves them, and then you demonstrate that love by caring for them, putting your arm around them, praying for them, a demonstration of the love goes far more than just talking about the love. You know, go give them something to eat. Take care, meet a need. That is a demonstration of love. That is a ministry to that individual like they cannot receive through just words alone. You can tell them God loves you till the cows come home, but until you demonstrate that love, they can't receive it and they don't know what you're talking about. So we don't just talk about it. We actually do it. Okay? And in Acts chapter uh, 8, verse 6, uh, it says that um, they listened to Philip and did what he said because they saw the miracles that he did he didn't just talk about it he demonstrated it okay that got their ear so they really listened because they were seeing the reality of it and people will see the reality of Jesus Christ in your life as you talk about it and as you do the works of Jesus John chapter 3 verse 2 for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him in other words if God is with you, there should be signs and wonders and miracles. Is God with you? Yes. How, how, why aren't we seeing the signs and wonders and miracles? Well, we are to a degree, right? And not all of us are, but we can. We have that ability, right? We need to open our mouths and we need to speak, and then we need to back that up by demonstrating the power of God. And as you do that, God will move on your behalf, okay? You're not alone. God has released His angels all over the place to minister with you, to co-labor with you. In John chapter 4, turn to John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus said, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me. Okay, let's talk about food. What does food do? Nourishes, energizes you, right? Jesus said, My nourishment, my energy comes from doing the will of God. And yours does too, mine does too. Did you know I've got an incredibly hectic schedule, and we're going all the time, and it's the very grace of God. But as I'm doing the will of God, He energizes me and He nourishes me to be able to do it. Last night at the conference, before I, before I got up to speak, I was sitting there and I didn't have any energy at all. I was so tired. I was just thinking, oh God, you know. And then I got up there and as I began to minister, God, as I was doing what God called me to do, He energized me. He gave me that nourishment the bread from heaven that fed me to do what he called me to do. The reason most of us are suffering from spiritual malnutrition is because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. When we start doing that, he feeds us spiritual food, the bread from heaven. His grace is upon us to do what he called us to do. Okay. Now, in John chapter 5, verse 19, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself unless it is something He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless it's something that I see the Father do. Jesus only did what He saw God do you say well yeah but he was Jesus yeah but he emptied himself and he became like a man just like you and I and, and could he see what Jesus was doing God was doing yes can you see what God's doing yes you have the equipment you have the spiritual equipment to do it now verse 20 for the father loves the son does God love you are you a son a daughter of, of Christ of God are you Well, for the the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing. And the Father will show Him greater works than these so that you will marvel. God will bring revelation to you about what He's doing in the heavens. Your eyes can be opened to see what God is doing in the spirit realm so that you can cooperate with that. That's what brings heaven to earth. When we we're, when we're see what God is doing and we cooperate with that. Uh, verse 30, Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. Okay, now that separates the men from the boys right there. I can do nothing on my own initiative. He said, I don't do my own agenda. He said, what I want to do is insignificant. I don't do anything of my own selfish ambition my own desires my own through my own manipulation or controlling situations to get to get what I want done I do nothing of my own initiative as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will but the will of him who sent me can we say that Jesus said God not my will but your will be done can we say that Do we have our own agenda that gets in the way? Absolutely we do. We have what we want to see, what we want to do, and we are motivated by that rather than what God wants us to do, what God is speaking to our hearts. My food is to do the will of my Father. I only do what I see Him do. I do nothing of my own initiative. I don't do my own will. I only do what God wants me to do. Look over in John chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said it again. Oh my goodness. He keeps saying this over and over and over and over for a reason. He wants us to get the message. It's a constant struggle for us. It's a battle that goes on in every one of us. Are we going to do what we want to do, or are we going to do what God wants us to do? Jesus said, I only do the will of him who sent me. Now, look over in in, uh, chapter 7, verses 16 and 17. So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, let me ask you a question. Are you willing to do his will? Well, that was three or four of you. Are you willing to do his will? Well, yeah, I am. I'm willing to do his will as long as it's, it's what I want to do. Right? We have those little stipulations there. As long as I can stay in my comfort zone, as long as it doesn't rock my boat, as long as I don't have to take a risk, that's the way that we read this. He said, if anyone... How many... Who is anyone? That would include us. If anyone is willing to do his will... He will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. Now, do you know what he says here? He said, if you are willing to do my will, then you'll know my will. Are you willing to do his will before you know what his will is? Some, that's honest. That's a good honest answer. Sometimes. You know, it's not until we come to the place where we say, God, my desire is to do your will even before I know what it is. And if you come to him with that, with that position, you know, I used to, I used to come to God and I'd say, God, God, Here's, here's my agenda, and I want you to bless it. God, this is what I want. This is what I want to see you do. This is what I These are my needs. This is what I want to happen. And so, God, I want you to put your stamp of approval on what I want. And honestly, that's the way most of us do God. We're putting demands on Him. We're telling Him what we want. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, do this. God, do that. God, God, if you'll just do this, then I'll do that. Right? God, if you'll just get me out of this situation, then I'll do this. You know what? God wants us to give him a blank piece of paper. Nothing written on it. And say, God, I am willing to do whatever you want me to do before I know what it is. When you go with him to him like that, with no hidden agenda, I promise you, he will fill out that piece of paper for you. And you know what? Then you have made a commitment. You said, God, I'm willing to do it before I know what it is. And then when he starts telling you what it is, guess what? We start walking it out. You'll find success in life. You'll find peace. You will, you will come to a whole new level in your Christian experience for the first time in your life, because you are doing what God says to do. Not only that, but God will take care of you. He'll meet every need. Things will work out. Things will go better. You're in family situations, financially, in job situations, in every aspect of life, things go better. Because we're not after our own selfish ambitions, we're not after our own pursuits, our own agenda. But we're saying, God, whatever it is you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And I promise you, God to you. Because he just said that. He said, if you're willing to do it, then you'll know it. I'll show it to you. I'll reveal that to you. Okay? That's for every one of us. Absolutely every one of us. Now, turn over to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. You say, yeah, but you know what? You've been talking about the 12 and you've been talking about the 70. Well, let's keep reading. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Beginning of verse 17. These signs will accompany the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. What? What? Everyone that believes, what? No, come on. These signs will accompany those who are spiritual, those who are leaders in the church. These signs will accompany those who have believed. Are you a believer? You are? Are these signs accompanying you? I didn't get as many yeses on that one, did I? These signs will accompany the believer in my name. They, the believer, will cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll pick up serpents, they'll drink any deadly poison, and will not hurt them, they will lay hands on the sick, and sometimes they'll get healed. And you know what they did? Verse 19. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and set down at the right hand of God. Now, he wasn't there anymore. So what did they do? Oh no, Jesus is gone. We can't do anything anymore. It was so fun watching him do all this stuff and we just get to sit back and watch him do everything. But now he's not here anymore. So what are we going to do? What did they do? They did what he said. They did what he said. Verse 20. They went out. They went out. They didn't stay in the four walls of the church. They went out and they did what? They preached. They spoke the words in a few Places. No, everywhere. They preached everywhere. Wherever they were, that's where they preached. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. When you speak God's word, He will confirm it and there will be signs and wonders that will follow. And it's for every born-again believer. It's for every one of us. Now, back in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. None of us are exempt. This applies to every one of us. Okay. Um, Let's begin in verse 10. Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Okay, do we all agree to that? Right. Well, what did he say in, in John 17? He said, I am in my Father, my Father's in me, and I am in you, and you are in me. Right? That means we're all connected in there together. He said, uh, back in verse 10. The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own initiative but the Father abiding in me does His works. It's the abiding presence of God inside of you that does the works. It's not you. You don't get any glory if anything happens and it's not your fault if nothing happens. It's God who does the work. We are yielded vessels. We are yielded instruments. And we're saying God not my will but your will be done I'm not going to do anything of my own initiative God, but that your works might be displayed as I go and say and do okay, verse 11 believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me otherwise believe because of the works themselves the works themselves demonstrate the presence of God That is the reality of the presence of God is demonstrated when you do the works of Jesus. Verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me... Who's that? Is that you? Do you believe in him? Well, let's keep reading. He who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also? Can you do the works of Jesus? Yes. he, He said you can. He said, anybody that believes in me will do the works that I do. But he didn't stop there. That's pretty amazing in itself. That'd be really cool just to do what Jesus did. But he didn't stop there. What did he say? And greater works than these will he do. Why? Because I go to the Father. Now what happened when Jesus went to the Father? He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you, to empower you and equip you to do the very works of Jesus. Do you realize it's the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that dwells inside of you? It's that same power, that same anointing that Jesus carried is available to you. Now, Again, Jesus was limited to one place at one time. You're not. We're spread out all over creation. We're going to see amazing things. You know how many how many people did Jesus raise from the dead? Are there people today that have seen more people raised from the dead than Jesus did? Yes, right? How many blind did Jesus heal? It wasn't very many. Oh, what? Three or four? It's not very many. What? That were mentioned. Yeah. That were mentioned. Okay. You know what? Did you know, in reality, I have prayed for more people that were blind that can now see than it's recorded that Jesus did. Did you know that? The same with the death. But did you know what? You can too. Every one of you, because God said it. It's not for any select people. It's for every one of us to do His works. All you got to do is believe it, get out of the boat, start talking about it, and then don't just talk about it, but demonstrate it. Do it. I want to show you. This is how this thing works. You talk about it. God's going to do incredible things, miracles and signs and wonders, as, (laughs) as you do His works. Because you have the Holy Spirit... Inside of you, you're not alone. You're not alone. Now, I would be amiss if we didn't keep reading. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning say, I love Jesus? Okay, that's all of us. Let's keep reading. Verse 15, if you love me, you'll occasionally do what I say. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him verse uh, verse 23 Jesus answered and said to him if anyone loves me he'll keep my word and my father will love him and he will come and make our abode with him verse 24 he who does not love me does not keep my words four times in ten verses Jesus said if you love me you'll do what I say you'll keep my commandments and then he reversed it and he said if you don't love me you won't do what I say you see the demonstration of our love is doing what he says. That's how we demonstrate our love for him, is by obeying him and doing what he says. Now, how many of us can honestly say that we've done everything God said? Well, none of us, you know, because we've all messed up. But you know, that's the past. We can change that today. Do you realize verse 21 what this says? He has my commandments and keeps them as the one who loves me. In other words, if we're doing what he says, that's a demonstration of our love for him. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will do what? I will disclose myself to him. Now, you know what? You know what the Amplified Bible... Does anybody have the Amplified Bible this morning? You do? Okay. Read that last part there where it says, uh, I will show, reveal, manifest. Start right there. Listen. Verse 21. The end of verse 21, where it says, I will show, reveal, manifest. As you demonstrate your love for the Father by doing what He says, He promises that He will show Himself to you, that He will reveal Himself to you. He will bring you revelation about who He is. He will manifest Himself to you. You will experience the manifest presence of God. He will let Himself be clearly seen by you. That means eyes opened seeing Him. He will let you see Him. And He will make Himself real to you. You will experience the living presence of God. What's the key? Demonstrating love by doing what He says. And you know what? When you guys are doing this Friday thing, you are demonstrating the love of God. And God loves that. And that is obeying God's Word, God's will, God's plan. And that's why God is going to bless this church. God is going to bring revelation to those of you that are involved in that and participating in that. God's going to show Himself to you. God's going to reveal Himself. God's going to manifest Himself. He's going to make Himself real to every one of you. He's going to allow you to clearly see Him because you're doing what he said to do. You're not just talking about it. You're doing it. I would encourage every one of you to get involved in that Friday thing. Every one of you. Do the works of Jesus. Well, yeah, but you know, I can't. I'm I'm too, well, you know, but I'm not. Well, I I got other things I got to do. Turn over to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. Verse uh, 24, <clears throat> actually what I'm going to do, let me just, let me just uh, tell you some of this instead of taking, to go over it all. Um, the, um, <clears throat> well, okay, Verse in verse 25, there was a great famine in Samaria. Now the, the reason there was a great famine was because the enemy, Aram, or the enemy of Syria came and besieged the, the city. They they surrounded, they stopped off the flow of food, they stopped off the supply, they, they ransacked the whole place, they took everything out, and there was a serious famine in Samaria. Okay? Well, just as there was a famine in Samaria, there's a spiritual famine in the United States today. The enemy has besieged the United States with spiritual famine. Okay, until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. That's $51.20, okay? If you're going to go buy a donkey's head, it's $51.20. And a fourth of a cab of dove's dung. In other words, that's one pint, approximately a pint of dove's dung for five shekels of silver, 320, uh, for $3.20. No, you've got to be mighty hungry to want to buy a pint of dove's dung for three dollars and twenty cents. Right? It, okay. The situation was really bad. In fact, it was got so bad that they turned up cannibalism. And we see that in the church today. Spiritual cannibalism. The church is biting and devouring one another. There's so much there's so much competition. We're shooting our wounded. They're those who are hurting and they're dying. They're desperate. And we turn our backs on them. It's spiritual cannibalism. We tear them apart. We leave them destitute. They turn to cannibalism. They said, okay. The mothers said, okay, today we'll eat my kid. And tomorrow we'll eat your kid. That's verse 28 and verse 29. Verse 29. So we bowled my son and ate him. And they said to her the next day, give your son that we may eat him. Now can you imagine that? Things were pretty bad. Okay? Down in chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha said, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, In one day, in other words, today, this is what's happening, all of this stuff. He said, tomorrow, the famine is going to be over. He said, about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. Okay, that's a peck of flour will be sold for 64 cents and two measures of barley. That's approximately two gallons of barley for a shekel, 64 cents at the gate of Samaria what's he saying he's prophesying that the, a change is coming that the winds of revival are to begin to blow there's going to be plenty of food for everyone everything is going to change the famine is going to to, to be over today things are expensive tomorrow things are going to be cheap today there's nothing tomorrow there's going to be abundance God can change your circumstances in one day. Everything can radically be changed in one day. Elisha prophesied that. Now, let's look in verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? There were four leprous men, no names, did not even give their names. They were outcasts. They were outside because they couldn't even come into the city, right? They were outside the city, but they began to question their circumstances. The wind of the spirit began to blow. God's uh, God began to stir them up, and God began to speak to them because they were con- they didn't like what was happening. God began to breathe on them. They weren't sitting there saying, "Well, poor old us." You know, we're just going to die. There's famine all around. We're lepers. You know, we're just dead. So let's just roll over and die. That's not what they did. They said, why do we sit here until we die? They repented. They changed the way that they thought about their circumstances. And they said, I am sick and tired of sitting here doing nothing. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do something. I am not going to die sitting here. And they said, if we say uh, that we'll enter the city, if they go into Samaria, then the famine is in the city and we'll die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us go over to the camp of the enemy. The Arameans go to the camp of the enemy. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, we die. What is he saying? We have nothing to lose. If we said, here we're going to die, we're going to the city where there's famine, we're going to die, let's go to the camp of the enemy. What is the camp of the enemy? What's the current camp of the enemy? It's every place the enemy has a stronghold. It's the poor, it's the new age, it's the demonized, it's the hospitals, it's the rest homes, it's the orphanages, it's, 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 it's those in false religion, It's the it's the addicted ones, the drug, the alcohol addiction, It's all, of it's the prostitutes. Okay? Go into the camp of the enemy. Why are we sitting here until we die? Let's go out where they are and let's do something about it. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, we die. We have absolutely nothing to lose. So, verse 5. They arose at twilight to go to the camp of the enemy. Now, Can you imagine? These four lepers, they were maimed. They were all withered up. They probably had about three legs between all four of them. One of them in a wheelchair, the other with an IV in his arm, and one of them pushing, and and one just dragging along and crawling along the ground. Four leprous people, outcasts. People that nobody wanted to have anything to do with were people that God used to change the course of history. Now, today, you know, we news travels all over, and they got helicopters, and they... Okay, so, play like we're, we're watching this, and there's a helicopter, and you see these four leprous guys, they're dragging along in the dirt. Here's the camp of the enemy over here. And they're going toward the camp of the enemy. And the camera is, po- is right on them and they're saying, look at these guys. They're go- Look at them. They're half dead and they're going into the camp of the enemy. And then the camera moves over to the camp of the enemy and they say, look at this. The enemy is running out the back of the camp. They're running away. Because that's exactly what happened. Look at this. Look at what this says. Verse 6. For the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans, the enemy, to hear a sound of chariots and a sound of horses, even the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Therefore they arose and they fled in the twilight. They got out of there. God did a miracle because there were four leprous guys that said, why are we going to sit here till we die? And they started crawling into the camp of the enemy. God did a sign and a wonder and a miracle. The enemy to the enemy. It sounded like there was a mighty army coming after them. It scared the liver out of them. They took off and ran the other way. And so these four leprous men go into the camp of the enemy and they plundered the whole camp of the enemy, they looked at all. Everything was there. Oh, there was all kinds of food. There was riches. Everything was there. And then they 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 they, they, they begin to um, you know uh, partake in all of this stuff. And then you know what they said? They, down in verse nine, they said to one another, "Hey, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news, but we're keeping it silent." At the end of the verse, let us go and tell the king's household, the power of the testimony. They got back. They said, hey, look, this is what happened. God did this miracle. We did not make any sense. We don't understand what all happened. They went from poverty to wealth overnight. Everything changed, okay? They didn't sit there till they died. They pressed in for the blessing. The Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. God is doing an incredible work today. You know what it says over in verse 16? So the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. And a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel according to the word of God. God did exactly what he said. He prophesied it, okay? And God did it in one day. Can your circumstances change in a day? Are you willing to get up and say, I'm sick and tired of sitting here. I'm not going to sit here till I die. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do the works of Jesus. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else does. I am going to devote my life to doing what God's call on my life is. I want to do the purposes of God. I want to be like those four leprous men. Listen, if God can use four lepers, He can use you. I don't see any lepers in here. I don't see anybody in here that's half as bad as any of those lepers. Okay? So we qualify. You know what? Jesus told Peter. He said, Peter, in John chapter 21, he said, Peter, follow me. You know Peter did? Peter said, what, me? It, we, we, but what about John? And Jesus said, what is that to you? You follow me. It's none of your business about John. Your business is to follow me. I'm going to do with John what I do with John. John's going to follow me. His path may be different. You follow me. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about anybody else. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Doesn't matter what anybody else does or doesn't do. Doesn't matter. You can leave here and say, well, I'm going to do this. And somebody says, well, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to do that. Well, who are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to God or you're going to listen to them? You're going to go along with them? Or are you going to go along with God. We have a choice, don't we? You know what? You're not alone. And one of the experiences that I had in Brazil, God took me up into His presence, and it was an amazing time. And I saw at a distance the throne of God. And God spoke to me, and it was just as clear as I'm speaking to you today. It was so loud. It rattled me. It I was not just hearing with ears. It, it the, the, His sound penetrated my whole being. You know what he said? He said, I called you and I will do it. You know what it says in in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5 right there toward the end? Faithful is he who called you and he will bring it Pass. So, what do we have to do? We got to yield to Him. God said, I called you and I will do it. So, do you know what that means? That means I got to let Him do it. That means I got to let go of my stuff. I got to let go of my agenda. I got to let go of my ambition. I got to let go of everything and let God do it. You know, one of the biggest problems in the ministry, one of the biggest problems is pastoring. One of the biggest problems is getting out of God's way and letting Him do it. It's a promise to every one of us. God wants to use you to do His works. He wants to use you to proclaim the good news, the gospel. God's going to use you to lead thousands of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. God is going to use you to see signs and wonders and miracles. God is going to use you to see this place transformed in a day. It can happen in one day if you're willing to say, I'm not going to sit here till I die. I've got to get up. I'm going to go after this stuff. And I don't care how feeble the attempt is, those lepers couldn't do nothing. Okay? But they made an effort, and God saw that effort, and he said, yes! And when you start with whatever it is, whatever God put, just in the the simplest, slightest little thing, God is pleased by that. And it's going to produce great fruit in your life. So, what are we going to do with this? Are we going to leave here and say, well, you know, that was good, I needed to hear that. Are we going to put it into action? You'll never find fulfillment in life until you're doing what God has called you to do. Success in life is finding the will of God and doing it. Doesn't matter what anybody else does or doesn't do. Doesn't matter what anybody else says or doesn't say. What matters is that you follow Him, that you do what God is putting in your heart to do, and all the stuff's going to come together, and all of you are going to complement one another, that's what causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The world is looking for you to be Jesus. First John 4.17 says, As He is, present tense, so are you, write your name in there, in this world today. Not when you die and go to heaven. 1 John 4 17. 1 John 4 17. As he is, it's the last phrase. As he is, so are you in this world today. You represent Jesus Christ the world do you know what that's why the world hasn't been breaking the doors down of the church to get in to get saved because we haven't been a very good representation of jesus but all that's changing all that's changing we're going to get on track and we're going to let go of our own stuff and we're going to determine hey i'm going to live for jesus i'm going to do what god says I want you to to study His Word. I want you to know His Word. I want you to have it deeply planted inside of you. Because God's not going to require anything that's going to go contrary to His Word. Okay? Know His Word. Give yourselves to prayer. Give yourselves to pursuing the things of God. Set aside time every day to seek the face of God. Spend time alone in His presence. Not asking for anything, but more of Him develop an intimate relationship with him you'll begin to get his heart all of a sudden the compassion of god will be on you there's a cumulative effect that happens when you spend time alone in the presence of god every day when you experience the manifest presence of god every day that's a doorway to the supernatural realm of the spirit and things begin to change you know you do this for a period of time and it seems like nothing's happening but it is because there's connecting spirit to spirit God is placing a deposit in your heart in your spirit and at a time of need when it's a time to give out that anointing begins to flow out of that deposit that God's placed in there when you've been alone with him in his presence and then that's when you know like like you're talking to somebody on the street and all of a sudden it's like whoa I didn't know I was that smart. You start listening to the words coming out of your mouth, and you realize, this isn't me. This is God speaking to that person. This is the anointed word of God. You see somebody that needs healing, and all of a sudden, there's just a drawing on the inside. It's like, whoa. And a boldness comes over you, and you go over and you say, hey, I want to pray for you, and you lay hands on them and you pray for them. And they get healed. That's what happens. It's the cumulative effect. The power of God begins to be released inside of you. I know it's past 1230. I'm going to tell you one more thing. You know, listen. When Peter, I want to tell you what happened. Peter got up in the morning. He spent time with the Lord. He got him in the corner. He was just crying out to God. The presence of God came down over him. The glory of God consumed him. He was permeated with the presence of God. And he got up and he walked over to his door and he pushed that door. I could just hear that door creaking as the door opened. And he was squinting from the bright sunlight outside. He walked out on that road. He started walking down the street and people started shouting, bring out the blind, bring out the lame. Here comes Peter. That as he walks by, his shadow might fall on and they be healed. What does that word shadow mean? It means effulgence. It means the divine radiance of God. It means the glory of God was radiating from Him so much that as He walked by, people were healed. That was not the first time that happened in the Scriptures. How did they know... That as Peter walked by, the people were going to get healed, unless it had happened before. They said, "Bring out! Bring them out! Bring them out!" Here comes Peter. And see, listen—you can be so anointed and so full of the manifest presence of God because you're spending time alone with Him that you you are so permeated with Him that as you walk down the street, you walk by somebody in a wheelchair, and all of a sudden they just jump out of that wheelchair, totally healed. You don't even pray for them; you just walk by. Because the radiance and glory of God is all over you. As He is, so also are you in this world. We need to be filled up with Him. To be fulfilled, we must be filled full. You got it? You can do it. Let's stand up. I want you to put yourself in a position to receive. I want you to just, you know, just like, put your hands out there. Like, God's just going to give you a big gift. Okay? I want you to just really relax now. I want you to, 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 to absolutely, totally surrender it all right now. Just give it up. Everything. Give it up. Just let it go right now. God, I surrender. God, not my will, but your will be done. God, I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. God, I'm going to give away everything I've received from you. Because that's what the Bible says. Freely received, freely give. Right? So we're not going to hold anything dear any longer. God, everything I am, I give to you. God, everything I have, I give to you. I surrender it all. I don't withhold anything. You know, God doesn't just want fifty percent. Well yeah, but yeah, but I still got it. you know, I mean I'm yeah, but no. God doesn't want seventy five percent. Or 95%. He wants 100%. That's how we become like him. 100%. No agenda. Not my own will. I'm not going to do anything on my own initiative. I'm only going to do what I see the Father do. I'm going to demonstrate my love for him by obeying him and do what he says. God, I give you a blank piece of paper today. And I say, God, you put on that piece of paper what you want me to do. And before I know what it is, God, that's what I'm going to do. I'm willing to do your will before I know what it is. And right now, God is speaking to your heart. So there's several of you that if you had a piece of paper, you'd be writing some things down right now. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. That's God's will. Just write it down right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for commissioning to take place today. Father, I pray that every person here will take the same position that those four lepers did and say, man, I'm not going to sit here till I die. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something. I'm going to do the works of Jesus. So God, I pray now in the name of Jesus for an impartation, Lord, for every person here, that your power would come upon them. Lord, that they would be released in a new way to experience the heavens. Lord, to experience your presence like never before. That you'd release your anointing that would come upon them. Lord, that they be free from the baggage and the garbage and the junk of the past. That they would set all of that stuff back and pursue after you with their whole heart. Everything that's within them. That they be released now. That the fire of God would begin to burn in the name of Jesus. Father, let there be an impartation, a stirring up of the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, speak to every person here to know your will and to begin to walk in the call that's on their lives. Every person here in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for that impartation now. Lord, that you'd open eyes to see so that we don't have to be in the dark. We don't have to wonder what you're doing. Lord, open eyes to see in the spirit realm right now. Open ears to hear. In the name of Jesus. Eyes to see. And ears to hear. And Lord open their mouths to speak. To proclaim the gospel. The good news. And not just talk about it. But then begin to demonstrate the power. God I pray a boldness to come on every person in here. To get out of the boat. And start walking on the water. To take a risk. To take a risk realizing that they're not alone. They're not alone. They're not alone. God, that you're right there and that you're going to back it up in the name of Jesus. Father, let your anointing increase now. Let it flow. Let it flow. Father, I pray that every person here would come to a new place of empowerment, that the power of God would flow freely like never before. God, that you'd give every person in here fresh revelation and insight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for releasing your healing power. Lord, for healing, healing the sick in the name of Jesus. Let there be a release of your manifest presence in this room in the name of Jesus we say come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit God we ask for for a release of the gifts of healings the working of miracles the signs and the wonders the faith for healing in the name of Jesus Thank you, Father. We ask for we ask for the, the discerning of spirits to be released. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. God, we ask for understanding and insight. God, we ask for insight. Lord, sight into the kingdom. Sight into the spirit realm. Sight into the things of God. Lord, let there be a free flow of the Spirit of God in this place in the name of Jesus to receive all that you've got to give. Lord, increase your healing anointing. Let there be an impartation of that healing anointing. Lord, that these hands will be laid on the sick and they will recover in the name of Jesus. A release of signs and wonders Father, I thank you that your word says that times of refreshing come from your presence. But Lord, you said before that, repent and return the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And so God, we've yielded ourselves to you today. We've surrendered it all. We've given up on our own agendas, our own plan, our own purposes. So God, let your refreshing come. Let times of refreshing come. Fill us anew. God, more of you, more of your presence, more of your fullness, more of your essence, oh God. More of your substance. God, I pray that every person in here would be permeated with your glory, permeated with your presence. And God, just as as Peter walked down the street and miracles happened, God, I pray that there would be those in here that would experience exactly what Peter experienced. God, thank you for releasing those to do your work, your will. God, let your anointing flow freely. We ask for the power of God to be released like never before. God, I pray that your presence would be known in this place Lord that people be drawn because of your presence because of who you are and for what you're doing God I pray that this church would become known as a place of the presence of God in the name of Jesus more Lord more of your presence more of your power. More of you, O oh God. Come and fill us anew. Fill us anew, O oh God. Father, confirm your word with signs following in the name of Jesus, more, Lord, more, Lord, more of you, O oh God, more of your presence. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Right now God is speaking to many of you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Moses said I can't speak. <laughs> Jeremiah said I'm too young. We all have our excuses, don't we? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. No excuses. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Every day, yes, yes, Lord. My own agenda, no, no, no. My own ambition, my own selfish desires, my own manipulation, my own control, I say no. I renounce all of that stuff. I say yes to you every day. I say, Your purpose is be accomplished. Your will be done in my life. Nothing else matters. God, I want to follow hard after You. I want to be where You are. I want to walk with You. I want to know Your way. God, I want to demonstrate the presence and power of God in my life to those around me. Everywhere you go, you can change the environment around you because you're a carrier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank You, Father. In Jesus' name. Now, how many of you? How many of you need prayer for healing? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hand up. Just keep your hands up, just for a moment. Keep it up. Now, everybody else, look around. We're going to start right now. We're going to do the works of Jesus. So, I want you to go to somebody and you pray for them right now. Keep your hand up until somebody comes to you. When they you put your hand down when somebody comes to you. Okay? Everybody go to somebody and pray for somebody. Keep your hand up until somebody is there to pray for you. Okay? <clears throat> Good. Pray and expect a miracle. Good. Okay.